You're listening to the Keep Going Podcast, where we keep going after the heart of God because He's our only hope. I'm Nika Maples. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of the Keep Going Podcast. We're in a series called A Walk Through the Proverbs. Just a note, I'm using the message today because it's beautifully communicated. And I don't approach these podcasts as a scholar, but as a lover of the Word who wants to share simple spiritual observations from my own daily Bible reading. Let's review the last episode in two points. Number one, Proverbs 12 tells us that the plans of the godly will succeed. Number two, we discuss the way a godly person plans, which begins much earlier than just in their daily planner. It actually begins in the thoughts from which their actions and entire life flow. As I write this podcast, I'm sitting in a Starbucks at 7 a.m. on a Monday morning. The white noise of people coming and going keeps me focused in an odd way. Sometimes I wonder if I had a quiet office of my own, would I be able to accomplish anything? Would I stop to try to fix the slightly wobbly chair lugs? Would I constantly hear the call of snack foods cutting through the silence? (laughs) Would I be distracted by the plants? That's the way it's always been. So, I'm here. And I just watched a man receive a thermos full of coffee, which he trotted over to the condiment station. Are they called coffee condiments? I don't know. Anyway, he didn't have enough room for the half and half he was going to add, so he poured about a three-fourths of a cup of blazing hot coffee in the trash can. I almost dropped my jaw. I mean, this is not a drop he poured. It was a three-fourths of a cup. Blazing hot coffee. Blazing. How could he do this to the unsuspecting barista who is going to discover that treat in about two hours? Okay, I'm guessing this happens quite a bit. And Starbucks has industrial reinforced bags that will not melt and leak all over creation. And maybe this man knows this, but honestly, I think a better solution would have been to walk himself back over to the counter and say, hey, this is a little full. If you don't mind, would you please pour out some so that I have room for cream? But that would have been a few extra steps. I'm in no place to comment. Goodness, I cannot even tell you how I mastermind avoiding taking steps. I have two friends who are very excited when they can rack up steps on their Fitbits. They are jazzed by the big numbers. If I had one, I would probably feel embarrassed by how low my numbers were. This is not entirely because I have a disability, but because sometimes I let the disability have me. I could take more steps, but I try not to. Walking hurts. It leaves me breathless a lot of the time. So instead of pushing through in an effort to improve, I give up. I'm being transparent here, friends. If you see me as an inspirational communicator, it is because I've had a lifetime of practice. I am forever trying to motivate myself. Reading Proverbs 13 provided a shocking sense of conviction for me. Verse 4 says, Lazy people want much but get little. Those who work hard will prosper. As I said, I'm at a Starbucks right now, remember. So at first glance, it is easy to interpret this verse through the lens of business. A lot of people walking through the door are wearing dress shirts and nice shoes. 
They pull wallets from their coach bags and they're texting while they order. They're on their way to somewhere important. I think of that as I picture what it means when Solomon writes, those who work hard will prosper. But a career is not the only picture of working hard, and it would be a missed opportunity if I hid behind my initial assumption. You know, the best thing I learned in graduate school was to toss out my assumptions. The professor who guided me through my graduate project, which was about student handwriting and its connection to self-esteem and achievement, blasted any of my observations that were based in presuppositions. She wanted me to stop hiding behind my assumptions. We hide behind our assumptions, you know, because the good stuff, the realization that can change us is just beyond that curtain. We'll get to that in a minute. Right now, let's read together. Proverbs 13. Intelligent children listen to their parents. Foolish children do their own thing. The good acquire a taste for a helpful conversation. Bullies push and shove their way through life. Careful words make for a careful life. Careless talk may ruin everything. Indolence wants it all and gets nothing. The energetic have something to show for their lives. A good person hates false talk. A bad person wallows in gibberish. A God-loyal life keeps you on track. Sin dumps the wicked in a ditch. A pretentious, showy life is an empty life. A plain and simple life is a full life. The rich can be sued for everything they have, but the poor are free of such threats. The lives of good people are brightly lit streets. The lives of the wicked are dark alleys. Arrogant know-it-alls stir up discord, but wise men and women listen to each other's counsel. Easy come, easy go, but steady diligence pays off. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick. But a sudden good break can turn life around. Pause. Maybe you missed verse 4 in that version. I quoted it early, earlier from the New Living Translation. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Remember, I didn't identify with the image I first saw in my mind, that of people who have high power careers and therefore high incomes. Neither do I identify with people who are lazy which in my mind is the image of a person maybe in their 20s playing video games all day, living with their parents and never getting up off the couch to go throw their empty chip bags away. But I heard that little knock, knock, knocking in my heart, that familiar sound of Jesus at the door, asking to come into my thoughts and redirect them. When he knocks, I know it's because I'm hiding behind an assumption or five And he wants to open the door and tear apart that veil. Read it in the message, he said. I did. Oh, oh. In that version, verse 4 says, Indolence wants it all and gets nothing. The energetic have something to show for their lives. I don't use the word indolence, so I looked it up. It means the avoidance of activity or exertion. Oh. Though I don't consider myself lazy, I do now admit that I am often indolent. I gained a new word in my vocabulary this morning, and I gained empathy for the man who poured hot coffee into the trash can. 
I avoid the activity and exertion of doing physical things myself sometimes, and I ask for my nieces or my students to run get me ice water or get papers off the printer or bring my keys or heaven help me to fetch me a snack. I have young people doing a lot for me, and I justify it by saying they need to get out their wiggles anyway, and a little jog down the hall will be good for them. I might struggle to walk around Walmart, but I should be able to go to the pantry and get my own napkin after I am already seated at the dining room table. A little jog into the kitchen is good for me. The truth is, I don't feel like doing it. I could address life's tasks with some energy. That would be nice. Indolence wants it all and gets nothing. The energetic have something to show for their lives. I am also indolent in preparing these podcasts sometimes. Why do you think I took a four-month break a little while ago, interrupting the flow of this walk through the Proverbs? Because I told myself the lie that every episode had to be perfect and that I didn't have enough time to produce something high quality this week, which was the excuse that I used to hide my indolence. The truth was, I just didn't feel like doing it. I could address my ministry with some energy. That would be nice. Indolence wants it all and gets nothing. The energetic have something to show for their lives. Times I am indolent in conversations. I I expend very little effort to listen. I am not an intent listener. I could be better about letting my mind wander. I could be better about not planning my response. I could value people's words more than I value my own. An overactive thought pattern is the excuse that I use to hide my indolence. The truth is that I usually don't feel like hearing words that will force me to reevaluate everything that I already think. That's a lot of work. I could address personal communication with some energy. That would be nice. Ignore the word and suffer. Honor God's commands and grow rich. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, so no more drinking from death-tainted wells. Sound thinking makes for gracious living, but liars walk a rough road. A common-sense person lives good sense. Fools litter the country with silliness. Irresponsible talk makes a real mess of things, but a reliable reporter is a healing presence. Refuse discipline and end up homeless. Embrace correction and live an honored life. Souls who follow their hearts thrive. Fools bent on evil despise matters of the soul. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and you'll watch your life fall to pieces. Disaster entraps sinners, but God-loyal people get a good life. A good life gets passed on to the grandchildren. Ill-gotten wealth ends up with good people. Banks foreclose on the farms of the poor, or else the poor lose their shirts to crooked lawyers. A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. An appetite for good brings much satisfaction, but the belly of the wicked always wants more. How beautiful that promise of return. How lovely that we are given a guarantee that if we spend our energies on things that matter, we will prosper in those areas. In the cases of my confession to you today, life's tasks 
ministry, personal communication, that's good news. I want my daily life, my ministry, my personal communication to prosper. I'm so glad Jesus troubled himself to stand outside the door and knock today. He was willing to expend the energy on communicating well and directly with me, and our relationship has prospered for his efforts. Though his correction was not easy to hear, I receive it as love. Did you notice verse 24 of this passage? A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. He disciplined me today. Oh, how he loves me. You teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Today's music is from Psalm 51 by Shane and Shane and is used with permission. Pre-order my new book, Everyday Genesis. It releases in December 2017. It will be a great gift for anyone you know who is looking to grow in their spiritual gifts, to find their purpose, and to understand how to participate in spiritual disciplines. When we know our spiritual gifts, we not only discover how God plans to bless others through us, but also how the enemy plans to wreck others through us by knowing we are equipped. And now, I pray that you will remain in him, and he in you, and that you will bear much fruit. Apart from him, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in him, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in him and his words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be his disciple. We'll talk soon. Until then. Send me the chief of sin.